Hi there again. My name is Father Matt Kovisk, and I'm the rector of St. Mary's Anglican Church in Verdun. There are many, many wonderful passages in the Bible, passages that lift us up when we're down. I'm sure that each of you listening has many passages that come to mind when I talk about these things. For me, the second chapter of the Song of Solomon is important to me. Arise, my love, my fair one, and come away. Or from the fourth chapter of the first letter of John, we loved because he first loved us. Many passages of the Bible have formed the literature that formed our society. William Shakespeare, the poet, for instance, used the Bible in his plays. In Macbeth, Act 4, Scene 3, Macduff offers assistance to Malcolm, saying to him, Thy royal father was a most sainted king. The queen that bore thee often her upon her knees and on her feet died every day that she lived. The last part is a direct allusion to 1 Corinthians 15, verse 31. I affirm by the boasting in you which I have in Christ Jesus our Lord, I die daily. However, while there are lots of passages that have lifted us up as well as formed our society, there are also passages that frustrate and concern us. It's these passages that cause Christ critics of Christianity to look at the Bible especially the Old Testament with its fairly graphic imagery, and wonder why we believe in a book that describes so many horrible things. One of those chapters and passages comes in the first book of the biblical canon, Genesis 22. In this chapter, we read the story of God commanding Abraham to sacrifice his firstborn child, Isaac. Abraham is about to sacrifice Isaac when an angel of the Lord intervenes and tells Abraham not to sacrifice him, for the angel now knows that Abraham feared God, since he did not withhold his son, his firstborn son, from the Lord. Much of this passage is incredibly disturbing to us as readers some years later, as it's thought that the book of Genesis was written around the 6th century B.C., and this passage has a view of God that's not universally held by Christians today. Many interpretations have emerged as we try to make sense of this passage. From the notion that it's not God testing Abraham but Satan, to the extrapolation of Jesus as our sacrificial lamb. It even inspired Danish philosopher Søren Kierkegaard's work Fear and Trembling, where he looks at whether one should obey a command from God despite it being morally wrong. Before we go any further, I feel the need to point out that I do not in any way, shape, or form condone child sacrifice, abuse, or exploitation, and that this sermon is in no way condoning these things. That being said, I think it'll help us to remember that the people of Israel didn't have the same worldview that we have these days. We tend to operate with the kinds of questions that demand the answers to the questions of ultimate cause. We tend to separate the world into primary or direct and secondary or indirect causes and declare that God doesn't cause most events in the world. We tend to think that most things happen as a result of secondary or indirect causes over which God does not exercise direct control. However, that's not the thought process that the Israelites had. For them, there was only God. And therefore, they thought of everything that happened in the world as coming from God, whether it was good or bad or evil. This whole thing underlies the book of Job. What we in modern thought 
labeled as nature, the Israelites would have labeled as God's work, and so they interpreted the world in terms of God. Over the millennia, the way that we view the world has changed significantly, and knowing the differences between the underlying assumptions that frame their questions and frame our question help us to hear the story rather to get lost in the weeds of the text. Are you still with me? Great. With me? Great. I bet you're asking me this question. Now that I know a little more about how the Israelites would have thought and interacted with this story, how does this change how we view the story this day? Well, for as long as we've been practicing our faith, we've always tried to control God by placing him in little boxes. The early church is filled with stories of us trying our darndest to define who God is. Now, don't get me wrong, all of that work is incredibly important. To only say that God is beyond anything we can define is a bit of a problem, especially when people start to disagree about God, which, as you can imagine, happened quite a lot in the early church. We do have to put some boundaries around what we believe God is to us as Christians. However, it's easy for us to fall into the trap of thinking that God only works in that way, that God somehow fits neatly into our boxes that we put him in. We could possibly learn a lesson from the Israelites that gathered around the story of their ancestor Abraham. For the Israelites, they lived in a world that was totally God's and they understood that whatever took place in the world around them came from God. It wasn't that they didn't understand that some things were the result of human sin, when we do things that harm our relationship with God and with others, and that some things were the result of how the world worked, what we would call nature. For them, there was no other options. There was only God. They placed all of life under God, trusting in him completely. That God did not fit into all of their boxes. Perhaps we could do, learn to do that a little more ourselves. That we are to trust in God. And that God may require us to do something completely out of what we would consider normal. Outside that little box. Is God going to command that we sacrifice our children for him like he did for Abraham? No. I don't think that's going to happen. But my friends, I think this story leads to a larger point. God may ask you to sacrifice something that's incredibly important to you so that you can follow him. Like Abraham and Isaac. And the question I want you to think about this day is this. Is there a sacrifice that is too great for you to make something that you don't think you'd be able to do on your own it can be a scary thing to sacrifice something especially something that you value dearly well take heart my friends as we are called from time to time to sacrifice things for the greater glory of god Know that throughout all of this, we are never alone. 
God is forever with us and will never abandon us as we do these things for him. You are never alone in your Christian life. God, as shown throughout all of Scripture, will walk with you, talk with you, and guide you as you seek to follow him in whatever way he calls you to. And I believe that it is through these sacrifices that we can and will grow closer to God in our relationship with him, that we will grow closer to the God who created us and loved us first. As we end our time together, so we pray. Oh, for a faith like Abraham's, that we the bright example may pursue, may gladly give up all to thee, to whom our more than all is due. Thanks be to God.